I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Arts House on Corks 96FM and happy song it's a happy theme and I'm dedicating that this morning to Patricia O'Flaherty in Carrigaline who runs A Touch of Magic and who has been cooking up a storm ever since the very first lockdown back in March last year when she initially thought she might be sharing a couple of recipes online to keep everyone going for a couple of weeks and she has been doing it faithfully online and on YouTube ever since with gusto joy vigour verve and fun and uh, that particular theme tune is Julie's theme it comes from the film Julie and Julia if you haven't watched before. Oh my god, you're in for a treat. And if you watched it before, she'd watch it again, wouldn't you, for Meryl Streep? Anyway, anyway, we are going to
going to move on to the next of our streamed theatre events. And this time it comes from the Cork Arts Theatre with the story of a Cork legend. Catty Barry was often called the Queen of the Colgate in Cork and people who knew her still talked about her for years. But people who never met her also know her photograph as being, I suppose, one of the iconic images of a Colgate of bygone days. Now, Marion Wyatt wrote a play about Catty and in fact we've had a piece about the play on air twice in the last year because it was first scheduled to run at the Cork Arts Theatre then cancelled because of Covid mm-hmm. and then rescheduled for December and then cancelled again. <laughs> I know. And all of that was just so tough because as Marion explained to Anne-Marie the demand for tickets was huge. It was. It had sold out twice and there was a lot of people around the place and abroad looking forward to it. I know. wanting to see it. And then, of course, if from a more practical point of view, we had invested money in it, so we needed to look at a way that we might be able to, you know, recoup some of that and not be looking at a loss, because that would only deter us from being able to do anything in the future. And then, of course, nobody could plan the future. And exactly a year ago, I'd been talking to Pat Talbot about how we might do it on the stage. And that was a year ago. And it doesn't look like theatres are going to be open for a while yet. And I need to move on because I've been living with Cathy Barry and that story and that project for a long time. And I need to move on to other things. Yes. I do not understand. Yeah. So there was no bouncing back. We had to look at the practical things. Yeah, not bouncing back, but driving forward. And you had to look at so many practical things from having to even recast things. And I know you said that obviously is because you couldn't hold on to people contractually. But I think that just kind of reflects the fact that you have been determined to create paid work for actors in Cork with works like this, even through the pandemic, which is fantastic because let's face it, it's not happening very much at the moment. And so it meant a huge lot. But it also did involve recasting the role of Catty Barry. And, you know, you, you have a fantastic actress in the lead role. I have Marie O'Donovan. And, he, and the, the, the wonderful thing about Marie is Marie was cast in a minor role when I first put the cast together, either sometime around the end of August or something like that. But then, unfortunately for her, her father, God rest his soul, was ill and she had to withdraw from her commitment. Um, obviously, we all understand that. So then when the opportunity came up to recast, and I was absolutely thrilled because I know she's versatile and this was going to be a role that she could really get her claws into and I could trust her to get it there. And she's wonderfully supported by the other two women who play all the other female roles, mm. uh, and Angela. And of course, Angela has worked a lot with Marie, so they're a hand-in-glove type of energy in the rehearsal room. And then the Jimmy Brockley and uh, Pierce O'Donnell. Pierce has worked a lot too with Angela and Marie together. So I ended up really, I suppose, with a pod of workers that made my life very easy because I had to direct in Zoom calls and I had to work with them with social distancing. And, that, and it was it was a huge, I really enjoyed that aspect of it then. Do you know uh, love scenes where the lovers couldn't touch? Or, I know, yes. All sorts of creativity had to be brought into it. And, uh, you know, I know you would have definitely risen to the challenge, but it's it's also feels kind of counterintuitive to what you would have wanted to do sometimes. But it, it's exciting that it has finally come to fruition with post-production of this filmed performance. And I've had people text me about having their tickets. I've had people contacting me to say, you know, did you know Katy Barry is on in case I was going to miss it myself and all sorts of things, which is fantastic, isn't it? That there is that level of excitement out there. And because of the fact that it's going to be streamed, you actually have Cork people all over the world who will want to tune in because her story 
I doubt it could have happened anywhere else other than the cold case. There is that, but I also believe that it's a universal story in that she's an extremely strong and resourceful woman. And I think the play as well, well, I believe the play as well, talks about her love for her place and her city and the people that she, you know, obviously lived amongst. And then, of course, we we have the legend of her. And um, sometimes people say to me, oh, she was only about five foot two. And then others would say, oh, no, she was close to six foot. And she had a tremendous kind of uh, way and resilience about her. And so uh, for me, it, it's all about the strength and the survival of the person um, it just happens to be a woman and the woman was very generous with her with her time and also looking after uh, people who you know who fell on hard times and she treated everyone alike I admire that about her and it's also about surviving in a world that maybe wasn't ideal at their time or even in, in you know current times mm-hmm. so I never met her I'd like to have met her because I believe I've written a character, like obviously I've expanded her and quite a lot of what I've written is fictional. And I haven't recreated, shall we say, the Shivin or any of those kind of things, but I've tried to capture the spirit of a strong woman, a strong person, but in particular in this case, a strong woman. And I'm very attracted to that in the stories that I tell. So I, I found, you know... In technical rehearsal, sometimes actors get bored hanging around. And the thing I've been doing for years, I said, Michelle, why don't you do it now? As if it was set, use different accents. And so we play around with it then and they can do it in New York or some Brisbane or, you know, Scotland or wherever and a Cockney accent. And it's amazing then. Uh, it gives a new kind of um, life and energy to the story for yeah. them. But it also proves, oh, this could go on anywhere. Okay, we, we mentioned locales that are very much of Cork, but it could be in any town in Ireland, any city, in any European country, anywhere. That's what I believe about it. But I'm very proud to say that she's Cork and doing she is a Cork a little company. And there's a small group of people who, who hung on to this hope that we would get it out there. I'm proud of that, 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 that we've done that as a, as a little group. We couldn't have done it without the Cork Arts Theatre, obviously, um, because we did it in there. We were able to rehearse in there. They kept it safe. And they, in turn, uh, were able to draw on a fund from the Cork City Council Emerging Arts Fund. So I'm very aware as well of how they need to move forward or how any theatre or how any artist uh, is looking at ways to move forward. And so we did our little bit. And also, in a, at a personal level, the project has helped me stay well in my head. It has helped me through this pandemic to hold on to something that gave a little bit of light. And that's what I think was wonderful about the character of Cathy Barry as well. That I, from what I've learned, as she got up, she went out and she just got in with us. And you know, to her bad. She taught us that, get up, do it yourself and do your best. That's so true. You know, doing she, you might be a small company, but you have made a big impact. I know the Cork Arts Theatre have been so tremendously grateful to everybody in Cork who has been and is getting behind that fundraising campaign to keep the, the mortgage paid and the doors open and thereby facilitating projects like this. I know there's a big excitement about people sharing the story of Catty Barry. The first time I would have seen that photograph, I think, was probably on the wall of Dennehy's Bar on the Colquay many, many years ago. I never had a clue who she was or why there was this legend that had built up around her. 
We're going to finish, Marion, by uh, in a minute. I give people the booking details for those tickets online. But we're going to finish with the most beautiful piece of original music composed by Jimmy Brockie for it. This is just stunning. Cathy had many admirers. She never married. But and then I thought, what if she had a lovely, you know, romantic encounter and a love affair? And so we imagined, or I wrote into this, and then I asked Jimmy, would he write a piece? And we spoke about this awful thing of how do you keep lovers apart on the stage? And he found that bridge for me. And this is the piece he wrote. And for me, I believe the ticket's price for going to see or going, you know, to watch the, is this piece of music. I love it. I absolutely love it. It's called Vince's Theme. And it's from Jimmy Brockie's original score for Catty Barry.
And the piece of music is called Vince's Theme. It was composed especially for the play Catty Barry by Jimmy Brocky. And when I heard that the other night, I really needed a moment of peace. And I was just so, so delighted by that particular piece of music. I texted Jimmy to say congratulations to him. And he had to record that, of course, without access to an orchestra, without access to what he called a proper piano. So he just did that at home on a keyboard. And it's just divine. Can't you just imagine that now, given a full orchestra? arrangement and the swell of an orchestra behind it. It just is beautiful. And my congratulations to him, but also to Marion Wyatt and the entire cast and production team of Doonshi who are bringing Catty Barry to our screens. So you can find it by going onto the Cork Arts Theatre website. It's only going to be on the 12th, 13th and 14th of this week, okay? So you have to go and make a little bit of effort to look it up and get your tickets and you'll find them by looking at the Cork Arts Theatre website or you can also go perhaps maybe through their Facebook page because both of them have the link to book the tickets. They're using the takeyourseats.ie facility and it's going to work really, really well. And I am finally looking forward to sing the story of Catty Barry for myself. Corks 96 FM and C103. The Arts House with Griffin's Potatoes Cork. Fresh, flowery and full of taste. It's at the root of what we do. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quartz 96 FM and C103. The Arts House. 
and Nishla, the wish of Eglan Nuint Anstra, Skelta Gron the Heron, Eretiji Kahar, Ledeni, Maldekiadin, Gach Tachten, in Sheen Bo Media as Kirkig, Nishkelta, Mura, Londa Passion, Dina Kalula, Istarna Heron, Hitting Rolikila, Agastarno, Griff Chunker Davar, Erkursi Starna Tira, Nu, Gbader, Gravang Rol Kurhafe Vru, Davar Imachdina Hama. Well, Le Couple Tachten and Nuas talk Connery Kind Le Paddy O'Shea. Shishin Sturhor and Tra. Agus and Kedin Shahuing, She and Skelata Gest, non Kianfui W. B. Yates, Agus Maud Gon, Avi Tokel and Hela, Le Bresh is Quagablian. Paddy, in the first few minutes of this week's edition of Skelta Grana here and the story of W. B. Yates and Maud Gon, we learn a ton about the pair of them. Even before we figure out how the two of them met, we discover the beginnings of a 50-year love story. You learn about Yeats's childhood, his father, who became an artist when he had a job in the legal profession and how times were tough. Maud Gon's story about her mum, the background, dad, everything like that. And that's literally just four to five minutes in and we've already had about several historians and contributors, David Norris and everybody thrown in their tuppence halfpenny worth. You really packed an awful lot into this week's Scale to Grow. But is that an indication of the lives they led? Yeah, absolutely. Connor, like these two personalities, these two people, they... They did so much in their lifetimes. It's a miracle they found time for love at all, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> and, and poetry and activism and just shaping the nation. You know, yeah. they literally shaped Ireland. Yeah. You still see it today and they still have an impact on us today, even. It's incredible. Their stories, both stories, are so full. They had such busy lives. They did so many things. They were so active. As regards our stories in the series, both of them lived into older age compared to some of our tragic stories where people died in their 20s. Yeah, yeah. Both Yates and Ma gone lived into like their 80s and when people who are so active and so involved in a country's work and, and activism and the arts mm. <laughs> suddenly there's so much story to tell because they live such long and busy lives and as well as that the people that they crossed over or crossed paths with mm. people they worked with the people they fought against or with they had so many so many different tangents you could have gone off on it's an incredible story that you could do a 10 part documentary series just on yeah. them alone the interesting thing is very early on you make it plain that Maud Gone wasn't as madly in love with Yeats as Yeats was in love with her no indeed when they met for the first time in 1889 she was calling to the Yeats's family home in London at the time mm. to meet with Yeats and his dad uh, John Butler Yeats who was a painter and artist and had been recommended to her to go visit the Yeats she would get a feel for Irish nationalism from them or a certainly different angle on Irish nationalism from them. <laughs> she had her own views or ideas on, on Irish nationalism and when she did walk into the house that day, of course, it was like a thunderbolt hitting eight. Yeah. He stood there in the room, he saw her and he instantly was just bowed over and it was love at first sight for him but she wasn't very you know, overly interested. She liked his poetry as she had read and she was interested in reading more yeah. but... She was a bit more mature, even though she was slightly younger, a few months younger than him. She was a bit more mature, a bit more worldly wise. Yeats was a, he, he was a bit shy and a bit quiet and yeah. a, bit, a bit of a nerd, a bit of a poet nurse, you know. So <laughs> she was interested in, in, in older and more developed men. And although while, as I said, interested in his poetry and his work, she wasn't overly smitten by him. Yeah, well she had to grow up very quickly because of we won't give too much away but again earlier on you are telling us that she loses both of her parents. Yeah, her, her childhood and her, her 
formative years were quite tragic and I'm sure that had a, a fair impact on her, you know. Yeah. But her father seemed like a very decent good man who was in the British Army based on what the Bolton saw in Ireland when he was stationed in Ireland. The Bolton started to realise how poor the Irish war and how bad a conditions they were living in and really both changed both their mindsets and their worldview mm. and had a large impact on them. You were telling me the other day that something fortunate came out of this episode when you created the photographs and got them colourised, particularly of Maud Gone. There was a great thank you from the family. Yes, indeed. Maud Gone's great-granddaughter, Isolt White, the producer got in touch with her and she actually gave us some of her own private collection, some photographs and paintings from her private collection that haven't been seen publicly or broadcast before. And we took a few of her photographs of Maud in particular and of Maud's father and a painting of Maud's mother and we brought them and got them colourised by our colourised guys, My Colourful Past and All Ireland in Colour who were like doing great colourisation work and basically took some photographs from Maud's great-granddaughter's private collection and then when when we sent them back to her she was blown away, she was really really thankful and grateful and was just so impressed by the life it brought back into those pictures and the well bringing them all back yeah. to life. You know? a, a great gift to give. Also, you got very lucky in terms of being able to shoot on location. Yes, indeed, yeah. There's Riverstown House mm-hmm. in Riverstown, in the Glamour area. It's a, a fantastic house owned by the Dooleys. I went to school with John Dooley and was literally looking for locations that had that timeless appeal, places yeah. we could go that we didn't that we didn't have to dress or build or, or decorate to make it look like the time yeah. and the period. So because obviously that takes a huge budget. Yeah. I called John and we I popped into the house, have a look around it and there was like I think it was four four rooms in total we were able to use there without changing anything. It was incredible. They were so accommodating and it's such a wonderful location. I mean, it is stunning. It, the house was built in the early 1700s. They have renovated it and kept it so beautiful. It will be seen in, in the episode when you watch it and when you see our, our actors reenacting Yates and Maud Gone. It, it's so authentic because of that location, you know? Okay. <laughs> Some people will be rubbernecking around the episode just to see what the inside of the house looks like as well. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> famous plaster works by the Francini brothers from, from Italy, these, oh. these famous guys, if anyone wants to look it up, another tangent of history, you know. Okay, right. There's so many stories behind the stories you tell, not just the lives of the people that you're telling the stories of, but the actual life of the shoot itself and all of the stuff behind it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We yeah. could talk for more, but this week our show is absolutely jam-packed. All I can do is point people in one direction, and that's to a Wednesday night at half past eight. Sit down, put the feet up, dig into history, and tune in to TG Carr for Scale to Grana here. And this week is the turn of WB Yeats and more gone. We've already heard about Art Lira, Eileen Dove, Robert Emmett, Sarah Curran, Oscar Wilde, Bosey, Michael Collins, and Kitty Kiernan. And there's one more coming our way next week, and that's what we'll be talking about next week. But for this week, it's WB and more gone. It's great talking to you. I've actually enjoyed our weekly chats as well as watching the series as well. So I hope everyone else will appreciate it as much as myself and Elmarie have. It really has been a great dip into Irish history from a most unusual angle. I think there's a pair of romantics in this, but I'm not going to discuss that right now. Okay. Until we talk again. Paddy, thanks a million. Nice one. Long before, Connor. Thank you. I love it. And these are just the most beautiful documentaries. Like I said, every Wednesday night on TG Cahar, a gorgeous 
gorgeous selection at half past eight and the beautiful story of WB8s and Mod Gone this week. Now, though, we're going to move on to from documentaries about the past to documentaries right about here in the future, although slightly dragging up the past because that's the name of it. Because yeah. the 1st of January this year was when Ireland's newest university came into existence. A brand new era, new titles, new jobs for everyone in the former CIT, including that of Arts Officer Sarah Mori. Now, one of the joys of being in university when you finally get there is joining societies and clubs. And to be fair, they're all still active online, trying to maintain that social connection between students who are all isolated working at home. Now, it really is a brilliant time for a new film called Dragging Up the Past to be funded by MTU and come into fruition during lockdown. It's a fantastic documentary all about Cork's drag queens past and present and was supposed to be launched last year. So Elmerie rang Sarah to chat about the documentary and find out how we can watch it. We were hoping to launch this last year, would you believe, just before lockdown and the shutters came down. So we pressed pause on it and it gave the LGBT asterisk society an opportunity to do some more work on this and to rethink how they were going to present it. So it really, as it both did to look at it, it was a call the Arts Office put out for projects to the societies and they came back with a wonderful idea. And they said, we would love to tell the history of drag in a film for generations to come and to celebrate that history. We looked at it, we talked to the society's office and we said, this is a wonderful project, let's support it. It's an example of Mullinoy Gargas Chukikshi. They had the idea, they did it, but they just needed a little bit of support. They needed some financial backing and they were successful with their project. It was very important, I suppose, from the arts office side of the house to acknowledge that's a really important role that the arts has to play in documenting and celebrating narratives of inclusion, diversity and equality through different mediums. And this is something at MTU that's very important to us. I suppose as well, though, Sarah, it's it's true that for many in the gay community, college is where they first have the freedom to meet other people in an open way who connect and express things in a way that they mightn't have had a chance to share with their friends otherwise before. And I think you were talking there about the work of the society and the work of the arts and how interconnected they are. Especially in this particular project, it has been glorious. I mean, I've seen some of the trailers for it and like the guests are all just fantastic and it really was brilliant listening to Giles Reid, of course, who'd be one of the events managers before in Chambers Bar and Lisa Byrne as well chatting about it. But also so many of Cork's drag queens from Karma O'Hara to Fabuloso to Letitia to, to so many of them but I was really fascinated listening to Candy Warhol, who would yes. be the great grand nephew, I think I'm right, yes. of Danny of, LaRue. Yes, this is true. And I think, without giving too much away, uh-huh. but she references um, and remembers seeing Danny LaRue in The Everyman. And at that moment, that connection and that seeing gave her an opportunity to be what she wanted to be. She could see it. She felt a connection. She felt part of um, that celebration. And it's it's actually on the evening, and I, I don't mind reading that there's going to be a Q&A session. And we're absolutely delighted that we're going to have Danny LaRue's makeup artist, 
and part of the panel. So we will be getting an insight into Daniel Lewis because you must remember at the time when Daniel Lewis was performing, it was a very brave thing to do. And can you make reference to that, that how much that the scene has changed and that they're really, that they're performing on the shoulder of giants of people who were brave and went ahead of them. And it's looking at that history, going through the ages and looking at the importance of documenting that. And I know that the producers and the filmmakers in that, so that they had felt that the history hadn't been formally documented. It hadn't Absolutely. been celebrated. Yeah. And there wasn't a place for, you know, for their a historical reference for their cultural identity. So the students, and, and led by Conrad Inn, um, uh, at the MTU LGBT Asterix Society, chairperson last year, were absolutely passionate that that story should be told and that all the archival information that has been behind doors and not in the public realm, that they, they have spent hours every pulling out archive footage, going back to the um, AMC for the Alternative Miss Court, going right back through the decades and putting that together in one place so we can see how the story has progressed. We can see how the different generations have different viewpoints. But... It also highlights that even though Ireland 2021 is a very different Ireland to maybe 40 or 50 years ago, that there's challenges now mm, that are absolutely. equally yeah. um, that are equally challenging with social media, which is, can be very positive. But you know, each generation faces their own challenge, and, and that's what's fascinating for me. Looking at the documentary, looking at the wonderful queens, and listening to their stories. And each of them is a wonderful performer. They all look amazing. Their personas are so beautifully honed. But each one of them is just filled with integrity. They're fantastic speakers, impeccable performers, and they have so much to tell us. I mean, even going back, we'll say to Candy when she was talking about Danny LaRue and how he began his career mm. in the army, when he was in the army. In and the I army. remember those performances in the Everman Theatre to, wow. I suppose, the importance to everyone in the community that this was also raising money for the gay project as well down along the line so how can people access it they can check out arts.ftu.ie and all the information about the event and booking tickets is in line so that's arts.mtu.ie Amory they would want to be fast this is almost sold out and even though it's an online event we have um, a limit to the number of tickets available at three but you would want to check in and book your tickets quickly I think we're down to maybe 80 seats at the moment for 500 capacity so it's been getting wonderful traction for the society and you know Big congratulations to them because I think you hit on it earlier where you were saying if you, for people at different ages, you, you find your tribe, you find your people um, and this is a very clear message that guys wanted to send out and they wanted to celebrate you know, with MTU and to get the message out there. So February 12th, that's next Friday at 7pm, arts.mtu.ie. Sarah Mori, Arts Officer with MTU. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot, Anne-Marie. Like, I think it is important to kind of, like, know, like, of the Queens, like, not just in Cork, but in Ireland, who basically kind of, like, started it all. You kind of, like, you know, paved the way for me now to literally just come along, hop onto the scene and, you know, be like, woo, and not even think twice about it. So I think it is, like, quite important to know your knowledge about what you're doing. It's always really nice to have like a, a snapshot and a caption so that people can see how far things have come. Do you know what I mean? It's like music, right? You know, if you think of a song or you listen to a song, it'll bring you back, especially if it's important to you, it'll bring you back to a certain point in time. The same thing can be said about drag and about certain acts and certain performances. So I think it's important that way to record 
and it gives people an idea to like so you can look back and go oh my god look how far we've come look how it has actually spanned and, and where it has come from and where the basis of it is from and how the future queens are actually going to base themselves on the ones that have gone before and the, paved the way, you know? But it all starts, I suppose, with the legacy of Danny LaRue. You know, he was on the West End, he was, uh, you know, on TV shows and movies. He would have been the legacy of, of Cork because he was born in Cork. So Danny LaRue is my great-grand-uncle on my father's side. And when I was 10, my dad took me to see my first drag show um, in the Everyman Palace Theatre. And I remember when he walked out on stage gasping and he was in his mid to late 70s and I remember going like work like as a 10 year old like you are like he was working every inch of the stage and I remember that being so inspiring Brilliant yeah, the voices there of Nettles, Lisa Byrne, Giles Reed, and Candy Warhol all contributing there on a trailer for the documentary, but super contributions also from Fabiola de Beaumarchais, Kitty Cartier, and so many more. Well, they are amazing. Now, it would be really fabulous if this documentary made it onto the film circuit because it really deserves it. And I think that's partly why there's a kind of a limitation on, or a limit rather, on tickets and access later on in the week. So we wish them all the very best of luck. Like I said, tickets are free, but they are limited. So if you want to watch it, then what you need to do today is go on to arts.mtu.ie. Don't be starting with mtu.ie forward slash arts because you get confused with so much of the uh, program in the university. Put arts first, arts.mtu.ie. Corks 96 FM and C103. The Arts House with Griffin's Potatoes Cork. Fresh, flowery and full of taste. It's at the root of what we do. The Arts House on Corks 96 FM and C103.
Isn't that just beautiful? <laughs> it is so relaxing, and that is, of course, the Isle of Inish Free, and it is played there by David Syme on an album of his called Music from the Ahabeg Road, where he lives in the stunning surroundings of that beautiful valley there between Glengariff and Castletown Bayer, from where he's talking to me live on the phone this morning. Good morning, David. So nice to be on with you again, Elmarie. Thanks for having me. Well, earlier on, we were talking about a documentary on Wednesday night and Tichi Kahar coming about uh, WB Yeats. And of course, I will arise and go now and go to Inish Free was one of his most famous poems. But, but that particular piece, The Isle of Inish Free, has a very special resonance for you in your home concerts there, doesn't it? It certainly does. Maureen O'Hara used to be a frequent visitor to our concerts and always on her birthdays and she would sit right next to me while I was playing maybe three feet away and sing along to the songs that she knew and that would be one of them. Oh my god of course it would because of course the, there, there are resonances of that aren't there in the soundtrack to The Quiet Man as well. Um, you know lots of people who are regular listeners to the program David will know who you are but some people might be new and they won't know who you are. This is David Syme, wonderful internationally renowned Juilliard pianist who has filled City Hall and played the most incredible piano concertos and symphonies with orchestras toured America and has made his home here in Ireland. And people have flocked to your home, David. You give these beautiful, when we're allowed, concerts in your sitting room with the grand piano at the centre of it all. And one of the last times we would have spoken was ahead of Culture Night when you were broken-hearted because of the fact that, of course, you weren't able to tour, you weren't able to earn money, the American tours all had to be called off because of COVID, and you were facing losing this stunning piano. What happened? RTE found out about it, the uh, television RTE, and ran a news story, a brief story on my plight and had me playing a little bit and talking about having to lose the piano. And it was seen all over the country, of course, and complete strangers stepped up and rescued me and rescued the piano and made it possible for me to keep it. <laughs> because that piano, it's it's a 1902 model, isn't it? Yes. It, it's a seven-foot Steinway, actually uh, uh, from 1900. Oh, wow. And, uh, and uh, I've had it for decades, and it, w- it would have been v- very sad to lose it. And... People called me up. There were complete strangers who offered me large sums of money because I was real, really deep in debt and couldn't make it. I was going under, and they said, you've, you've got to stay afloat, and we forbid you to sell this piano because you're you're adding so much to the culture here, and we appreciate you. and it was very touching, and I couldn't believe how people were willing to do that for a complete stranger. 
it well it goes to show David how much music means to people how much music has meant to people since the pandemic hit us and I suppose you would also have those who would have personal connections because they mightn't know you personally but they would have perhaps gone to your home in order to see a concert and you've had people come from all over the country haven't you all over the country and also from other countries we get calls from germany and france and spain and and people wanting to uh, to to plan their trips um and include us in their journeys and so, and so the music is so valued here el marie that that's one of the reasons that i opted to to stay here and make it my permanent home after i i came here skeptically just wondering what what possible place i could have as a classical concert pianist in in ireland which is known for wonderful music but not necessarily classical music and and i obviously i play other things besides classical music but um the the way in the reverence in which people hold music was the determining factor i i feel so important here in a way that i never did before no matter where i lived or or traveled well, you've, you're fulfilled here and you have forged those classical music connections, like I said, with big concerts in City Hall and all over the country. But you've also forged uh, connections with our folk musicians and uh, deeply become part of that. I know um, Emerald on Ivory is a great, great group that we're looking forward to, I'm sure, seeing a recording of through the live venue collective uh, series. But more importantly, yes. more importantly, David, and more immediately, for Valentine's weekend, next weekend, you are streaming a concert from your home. This is fantastic. Well, what... Uh what happened was uh, the uh, the relief that uh, that these people so generously provided me wasn't going to last forever, and I had to figure out something to do that was productive and that made sense in the meantime. So I have uh, created uh, a a live streaming platform where uh, every every month or every few weeks I'll be doing a concert from my home. The same friendly uh, chatter in between numbers <laughs> and the, the same audience accessibility, but uh, of course without the food that Suzanne I know. has prepared. It's, Listeners it's may or may bad. not know that Suzanne, David's wife... <laughs> Whenever there are concerts in the house, she gets baking. And when I say baking, I mean there is a full table with platters of treats uh, that everyone is able to talk into. So it really is a, a multi-sensory experience ordinarily. You know, there's nothing to stop people from uh, perhaps treating themselves to something sweet for Valentine's Day whilst they enjoy your concert. But it, the important thing is, David, that we tell them how they can watch it. Oh, thank you, Elmarie. Um if you go to my website, which is simepiano.com, uh, S-Y-M-E-P-I-A-N-O.com, 
There will be instructions all over the website about how to participate in this. It's a one-hour, approximately one-hour concert, and it's uh, Sunday, February 14th, Valentine's Day, at 8 o'clock at night, 15 euros admission. And we have a limited um, capacity because of uh, what we are... uh, we are just limited by how many people actually turn up. So if uh, we have a policy that if you don't use your admission, if you, if you buy on impulse and you don't use it, then you can carry it forward. So we don't want people losing their money. So, oh, so you, they can save if, if they actually can't watch the concert when it comes to it next Sunday, you'll honor that for a future streamed concert as well. Precisely. Oh, yes. David, that's fantastic. I mean, why not, though? It's next Sunday night, Valentine's night at eight o'clock for one hour. Light the candles, pour a glass of wine, have a little maybe slice of gatto or something and watch this concert. Sign Piano, S-Y-M-E, signpiano.com for all the details. Uh, David, last year, one of the pieces uh, we played at some stage during the year when I was talking to you was the Jewish Prayer for Healing, Mi Shaberach, which is one of the my, most favourite recordings from that particular album that you sent me as well. But you also said at the time, and I still think it bears true now, that it is a song for the time we live in, a prayer for healing and sending you and Suzanne much love. We're going to go with that right now. David Syme, thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Elmarie. Love you too. It really is a beautiful piece and you know I'm sure it may very well be one of the pieces that he's going to include in that concert next Sunday. Simepiano.com, the chance to have a concert at home with David Simon, your home instead of isn't his home. Okay then, we've covered so much on the programme today. So to look back at what we covered, you can tune into the podcast later this afternoon online. Our thanks to Cork Rapper Jr. for talking to us about Frederick Douglas Week at Nanonagel Place and how people can tune into those events online. Link 
linking the Cork of 1840s to today. And Naomi Daly had great news about your chance to hear theatre plays that you might have missed before Christmas. We had another gorgeous work of the week as well. You can book your tickets now to see the streamed performance of Catty Barry from the Cork Arts Theatre. And if you want to see that documentary online about Cork's drag queens, you've got to go to arts.mtu.ie. Put Wednesday night on your calendar to see the love story of Yates and Maud Gone on TG Cahar. And David Syme will be ready to serenade you next Sunday from his home in that special online concert, simepiano.ie. Dot com. Dot com. <laughs> I stand corrected. Now, you know the way you can hear practically everything and anything here on a Sunday morning with this one. I have always wanted to play a piece from this next band. It's Cork post-punk, big boy foolish. And we never get to play it on a Sunday morning because it's so totally out of the comfort zone for everybody. But they're part of the live venue collective from the White Horse this week and I want to wish them the best of luck. you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.